Man, that sun's shining, ain't it? But it's chilly. But that's all right, ain't it? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. It don't matter if it's raining or if it's cloudy or if it's windy or if it's hot or if it's whatever. We still know that the Lord made it and He made it for a reason, didn't He? For us to give glory and honor to His name and the things that we do and the things that we say. This morning we uh, are going to continue our journey through the Beatitudes. And I didn't make this up, but I really liked it, so I'm going to kind of pretend like I did, but I didn't. So uh, it says that we've come to the seventh step on the ladder that leads one to true blessedness. Isn't that true, though? Isn't that a... I wish I would have made that up, but I just can't think that smart poetically. Now, Aaron can, but I can't. She didn't make this one up, but I, I found it as I was studying, and I thought, man, I'm going to say that. And I wasn't going to say anything, but I just didn't want to make it look like I was uh, really smart like that. I went ahead and gave credit where credit was due, and it didn't come from me. So, but that's all right. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. This is a really interesting study, and I hope that this morning we will really listen, and I hope that it will bless your life, and I hope that it will change maybe some things in your life that you can make better as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, if we had to think about the qualities of a peacemaker, we would never use characteristics like this. One who creates strife. One who creates hate. One who creates fights. One who creates division. Or one who creates disputes. We never use qualities like that because a peacemaker is one who assists in reconciliation. A peacemaker is one who works through differences and makes things right. This morning I want us to dissect this beatitude. I want us to see what gems we can find uh, from this short passage that talks about the blessed ones are those who are peacemakers. But how can we make something that we don't know about, right? How can we be a maker of something if we don't know what we're making? The first thing to consider this morning is what is peace? How does God see it? Not how do we see it. How does God see it? You know, some say peace is the absence of conflict. Some say that peace is the absence of strife. But is that godly peace? Is that what Jesus is talking about when He says, Blessed are the peacemakers? The absence of something? No, true peace that is godly is far from the absence of something, but there is an abundance of something. This is an awesome study. And it goes deep. And I didn't get to use all of the things that I wanted to use, but if you'll start doing a study on the word peace, your life will be blessed because you will go on a journey that will take you a long time to get through. But what is that fulfillment of this peace. 
What helps in these times of conflict? What helps in these times of strife? Righteousness. See, Isaiah 32, 17 says, The work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness... Now catch this. The work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. See, a peacemaker is one who brings righteousness into the conflict. Peace is not just stopping the war. A peacemaker is one that creates the righteousness that brings the parties together in love. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and I've talked about it uh, before, but it's a really cool word. You know, when a Jew would say shalom to the other person, they weren't saying that I hope you have no war or you don't have any conflict. No, they, they weren't saying that. It was a deeper meaning to it. It was that they desired all the righteousness that God could give them, all the goodness that the Lord would give to a person to be on them. See, the word means peace, but it means God's highest good for you. Think about that. So a peacemaker doesn't just stop the war, but brings righteousness into the conflict, into the tough situation. It doesn't just say, let's just not talk about that situation, and let's just have peace. No, what a peacemaker does is says, here's the situation, now we've got to work this out. We've got to work this out. We've got to figure out how to make this situation better for the both of us so we can leave and have peace. Peace in the biblical godly sense, now catch this, is an aggressive good. It's an aggressive good. Peace, when it is truth, is known by the parties settling with each other and embracing each other. So here's a question as we keep that in mind. Why do we struggle with being a peacemaker? Why is it that we as brothers and sisters, as brethren, fight? and quarrel, and dispute with each other. And it makes me emotional. You know, I don't come from the truth. I don't come from the truth, and it hurts, and it bothers me, and it makes me sad when I see brethren quarreling and fighting, people that I look up to, people that I love. But why do we do that? Why does strife and conflict and trouble come to the front of our lives so quick? And peace is lost. The second thing to consider, and if you would, turn with me to James chapter 4. I want to look at verses 1 through 3. What, the second thing to consider this morning is why do we struggle to be peacemakers? Why is that such a struggle? James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Let the Word of God bless your life this morning. 
Look at what it says. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. How does God explain why we struggle to be peacemakers? And before I get into that, I, I want us to, to understand this. Is there times when peace will be hard to obtain? Absolutely. Romans chapter 12 verse 18 says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Sometimes when we deal with the world, we're not going to have peace because their understanding of what peace is is different from ours. But I'm talking about brethren. People who know the truth. People who understand what God wants for our lives. That's what I'm talking about. There is sometimes uh, that peace is hard to obtain. When someone is abused or when someone is put in harm's way or when life is being threatened or someone is teaching error, someone is living contrary to God's Word. But when we think about our lives and we think about maybe the situations that we have going on, are they because of the desires of our heart? I can't answer that question for you, but you have to think about what is your real desire and what is your real reason for having this conflict or this problem. Verse 2 and 3, look at it one more time. You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. Here's a person who is lusting and doesn't have. Somebody who commits murder and somebody who covets and they still can't obtain it. They fight in war, yet they do not have because you do not ask. Why do you not ask? Because it's for your own pleasure. It's for your own desire. And then he says, when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask amiss. What's the reason for your prayer? What's the reason for you asking for this problem to go in your favor? That you may spend it on your pleasures. Man, boy, that smacks me in the face. I ain't ashamed to admit it. I'm not ashamed to admit that. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. Why is that? Because it's all about us, ain't it? It's all about us. So we can spend it on our pleasures. I need to win the argument because I need to feel good about it. I need to be the one who won the argument. If we asked ourselves this question, are the desires in my heart causing conflicts in my life and affecting those around me? What would you say? What would that answer be? We have strife because someone didn't respect us. We're bitter because someone said some mean words to us. We're hateful because someone hurt our feelings. We separate ourselves from others because someone is, was unthoughtful toward us or uncaring or something else. 
And do those things hurt? Absolutely. But when we react in an ungodly manner, what have we done? We haven't brought peace. What does James say in verse 1? Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? It goes back to the beatitude we looked at last week where Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart. In order for us to be a peacemaker, we can't have desires that are ungodly going on in our hearts. It can't happen. It cannot be a part of who we are if we're going to be successful as a Christian. Amen? Jesus is calling for those who want to follow Him. Hey, if you don't want to be a follower of Jesus, then this doesn't even need to be any of your concern. But if you said, you know what, I'm going to deny myself and I'm going to take up my cross and follow Jesus, He said, we have to be a peacemaker. Have to. There is no way that we can follow Jesus and not be one who makes resolution and peace to problems. To be righteous in everything that we do. That's our goal. To implement righteousness in every single thing that we do. And the only way that we gain more righteousness is to be more and more in the Word and to understand what He wants us to do. Amen? It's to be wise and not foolish. A peacemaker doesn't pick sides. It doesn't matter who started it. We as Christians have been called to make peace. What do we have to do to make this problem not a problem anymore? What can I do to help fix this? Do I have to be the one that's wrong? That's fine and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I care about you. I'm sorry because I want to make it right. Because you're my brother. People are watching. I didn't belong to the truth. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Brethren, we are commanded to walk worthy of the calling with which we were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. And verse 3 is crucial. If you don't catch anything else in my whole lesson, catch this verse. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That word endeavoring is powerful. That word endeavoring means to make haste or to give diligence or to exert oneself. Why should we make haste to have peace? Now watch how God's Word works, brethren. Watch how this works. Why should we make haste to have peace? Because it real peace, real godly peace is the bond. It's the glue. Did you catch what he says? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Remember Isaiah 32, 17 I read earlier? The work of righteousness will be peace. 
and the effect of righteousness, when you put the righteousness into the situation, what does it do? It's quietness and it's assurance. See, I'm coming into the situation because I want to fix it. I'm not coming into the situation to say, let's just avoid it, let's just avoid it, and we'll just have peace. No, we're going to deal with it, because I want me and you to be good, because I love you and I care about you. And I'm sorry if I've done something, but you've done something to me too. And we need to work it out. Can we work it out? I'm going to put all the things that's gone on before. I'm going to put all the tough situations. I'm going to put all the things that I've been wronged and and not uh, been treated right. I'm going to put them all to the side. And right now I'm on my knees and I'm going to say, forgive me. The only way that we as Christians can become real peacemakers is if we want it. That's it. If it doesn't start in our hearts, we will never be considered a son of God. And boy, I love that thought. So the third thing to consider is becoming a peacemaker. How do we become a peacemaker? Why should we strive to be a peacemaker? Well, the very first thing and the most important, and we can just have the invitation really after this, is because God said to do it. Amen? That's it. God said to do it. And if that ain't big enough, we just talked about it in Proverbs class, we have missed the blessing that Jesus has done for us. Because you know what? If you was under the law of Moses and you didn't keep the law, you received no mercy. Absolutely no mercy. But because of Jesus, we receive mercy and grace in our times of struggle. We receive mercy and grace in those times when we don't even deserve it. But He also has showed us the example that He's made peace with us. Now, Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Watch what this says, brethren. This is so encouraging. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Watch this. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to Himself by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of His cross. When we think about the cross, and we just did it, what was the reason? To forgive us of our sins and to be able to have peace with Him. No more enmity. No more problem. No more uh, distance. No more gap that separates us from God. No, He made it so we could have peace. You know how it feels to have peace? You know how it feels to just have that calm feeling? Man, I just... My dad recently bought some land right over here on the road, on A.B. Wade Road, and there's some certain spots that you go out and there's just trees, and you can stand out there, and if you're not careful, you'll just get lost in the wind blowing. You'll get lost in just the trees moving. I mean, I sat there for 15 minutes by myself, and I'm like... I mean, I just totally forgot what I was doing. I was in so much awe. I had a peaceful feeling about myself. When we think about the cross, 
We need to remember God wanted peace with us. He eliminated the situation. He wanted us to be good together again. When we as Christians, children of God, understand that the peace was given to us through the blood of Jesus, it should make us want to show others the same type of peace. Amen? Should that not pump you up to show somebody else that peace? God gave me peace, so I'm about to show you some peace. We're about to resolve some situations. I'm about to make them right. I'm going to swallow my pride. I'm going to swallow my bitterness, and I'm going to make it what it needs to be. Romans 14, 19 says, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace, and the things by which one may edify another. Let us pursue the things which make for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. When we choose to hear God, when we choose to hear the Lord and obey, we become like Him. James 3, 17-18 says this, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. How do I sow righteousness? In peace. Isn't that awesome? You see all these connections happening? Righteousness is somebody who's being peaceful. And it says, Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. See, it goes back to the, the old thing from way back. You know, it was accounted to Abraham uh, that he believed his faith was accounted to him because he, was, he believed. Well, it wasn't just because he believed. It was because he heard what God said and he did it, right? Same thing with obedience to the gospel. You hear what it is and then you obey it. Here it is again, verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. See, you can think it all day long and it can be a really good concept, but until you do it, it's not the fruit. The result of being a peacemaker is such a blessing because those who do it, and I'm closing with this thought, are called sons of God. You know, we use this term a lot. Bless his heart. He's his father's son, ain't he? You ever heard that? Bless his heart. Dwayne is Eddie's son. Y'all ever heard? Well, maybe not that. Let me, let me do another one. Bless his heart. Mickey is Danny's son, right? Why do we say that? Why do we use that? Because we're connecting a characteristic to the father, Right? Don't y'all love this connection? Oh, this is awesome. Just catch this one, brethren. Okay, so the same thing as the Jews. They would refer to someone as the son of their father to connect them with being just like their father in whatever characteristic it is. And Jesus does this. In John chapter 8, He tells the Jews that they weren't sons of Abraham, but who were they? John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil. 
and the desires of your father you want to do. They were the sons of the devil. Now think about that one. So when Jesus says peacemakers are sons of God, what does that imply? When we do what He says to do, and we're a peacemaker, we take on the characteristics of God. We bring peace, and we bring reconciliation to the forefront of our life. Isn't that great? And by doing that, God considers us and people around... Why did you do that? Because I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm trying to be like the Father who bestowed mercy on me, who bestowed peace with me by Jesus dying on the cross. So I'm going to show it in the same way. I'm going to fix this situation. I'm going to be bigger than the situation, and I'm going to solve it. Even if i got to be the weaker one. As we go out into this week, let us apply the wisdom of God and not the desires and the ambitions of the flesh. They're weak. They have no substance. It's a lie. Don't let Satan trick you. Listen to what God says. Do what He tells you to do and you'll be blessed in all that you do. Let us be as God wants us to be, like Him. Matthew 5, 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What a blessing it is for me to be able to stand before you, and I, I thank God every day that I get to do it. And brethren, let us do like the Lord asks us to do. Let's just be obedient and just do it and take ourselves out of the picture and put Him in it and strive to do exactly what He would do, even if we don't feel like we want to. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here and, and you've been struggling with making peace or being a peacemaker. You can make it right. You can ask God to forgive you right in your seat. Maybe you're here and you need prayers though. Maybe you're struggling with something and you need the saints to pray for you. You can come and we'll pray with you. We'll hug on you and love on you. But maybe you're struggling in your life right now and you don't have peace. Because here's the, here's the reality. Without Jesus, there is no peace. Without Jesus, His blood and what He's done on the cross for you, without His cleansing blood, you have no peace. You have no peace in your life and you have no peace with God. Change that today. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Repent, turn from your old ways, confess His name before men. Be unashamed to say, I'm a Christian now and I live for Jesus and live faithfully all the days of your life. And Jesus said, if you'll do that, I'll give you a crown of life. <laughs> Everlasting life with him, with him in heaven. Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.